Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. So honored to be here. It is such a privilege to see all of you here. And what I love about God is that, you know, you may hear some of the same things from Catherine or from mom or me, but that's so good. I love how God puts all of it together. Isn't that so cool? He puts it together. And I don't think sometimes we can hear it enough because we need reminders. I always need reminders. (laughs) I always tell my team, please, I don't get offended. Just remind me, just tell me. (laughs) Today, I wanna talk about just say the name. When I was a little girl, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, I remember there was a girl at that time who disappeared, she vanished, her name was Heidi Seaman, some of you who lived in San Antonio may remember that. And it was a real kind of scary time because that's the first time I really remember that somebody my age had gotten kidnapped or was missing, Um, it was kind of Terrifying, we were all looking for her, all the moms and people were talking about her. It was all in the news. She had, was walking home from her friend's house and, and she just disappeared. And um, I think it was the largest search in FBI history at that time. And I remember um, at that time I was, I kind of felt fear. And I was like, what would I do? What would I do if that happened to me? And, and you know, I'm little at that. I'm younger. <laughs> I don't even remember how old you are in fifth or sixth grade, but probably about this 10 years old, 10 or 11 probably. And um, at that time, we were in a homeschool group um, with Sandy's kids and Pam Williams' kids. And um, we did math and English um, because our parents um, didn't want to teach those subjects to us, which was fine. (laughs) And so we were in that group. And um, I remember that one day Sandy picked us up. Sandy had a huge Suburban. And she picked us up in her Suburban. And she put us in the back. We were getting in the back of the car. And I remember her just turning around and staring at us and looking at us, and she had, you know Sandy, she had such authority. And she said, girls, if you ever get into a bad situation, you call on the name of Jesus, and he will rescue you immediately. And she said that with such authority and power that it like shook through me. And I remember that moment, I had no fear. It completely just broke off of me. And I remember that I didn't have to worry because I had a revelation at that moment that who God is and how big he is. And that if I have him and I have him on my side, I have nothing to fear. And throughout my life, I have done that called on the name of Jesus when I feel fear. And I want to teach you today to do the same. And I want to look at the story of David in the Bible, an example of how he used the name of Jesus to deliver him from the giant. So we're going to camp out in 1 Samuel 17. A lot of you know the story, but I hope you'll look at it maybe in a different way today. We'll start in verse 5 through 7. I'm using some of the message just because I like how it describes him. Uh, the giant. A giant nearly 10 feet tall stepped out from the Philistine line into the open. Goliath from Gath. 
He had a bronze helmet on his head and was dressed in armor, 126 pounds of it. That's a lot of armor. He wore bronze shin guards and carried a bronze sword. His spear was like a fence rail. The spear tip alone weighed over 15 pounds. His shield bearer walked ahead of him. Goliath was huge. He was scary. He was massive. Fear can look like that. It can be scary. It can look like a giant. It can look like cancer. It can look like a bad medical diagnosis. It can look like a lost job. It can look like foreclosure. It can look like bankruptcy, a child on drugs, a bad report, a fear of being alone, or fear of needles, fear of flying, fear of water, fear of heights. Fear is tormenting and it can paralyze you. And we see in verse 8 and 11 that Goliath would come out and taunt and torment the Israelites. It says, Goliath stood there and called out to the Israelite troops, why bother using your whole army? Am I not Philistine enough for you? Are you and you're all committed to Saul, aren't you? So pick your best fighter and pit him against me. If he gets the upper hand and kills me, the Philistines will all become your slaves. But if I get the upper hand and kill him, you'll all become our slaves and serve us. I challenge the troops of Israel this day, give me a man, let us fight it out together. When Saul and his troops heard the Philistines challenge, they were terrified and lost all hope. You know, it's not wrong to feel fear because we will all feel fear. But what's wrong is when it paralyzes it, us, it keeps us from our potential. It keeps us from our destiny. It keeps us from the call of God on our lives. It keeps us from living in joy and keeps us from living in peace. So when fear comes knocking at your door, you've got to send faith to the answer. And the first thing you have to do is change your perspective. Mom talked about that just a minute ago. Perspective is a mindset. It's how I see things. My dad tells this story and I love it, so I have to tell it again. It's a letter a college girl sent to her parents and it shows the importance of perspective. It says, dear mom and dad, I have so much to tell you. Because of the fire set off by the student riots, I experienced temporary lung damage and had to go to the hospital. While I was there, I fell in love with an orderly and we have moved in together. I dropped out of school when I found out I was pregnant. He got fired because of his drinking. So we're gonna move to Alaska, where we might get married after the birth of the baby. Signed, your loving daughter. P.S. None of this really happened, but I did flunk my chemistry class, and I wanted to keep it in perspective. <laughs> Smart girl, right? <laughs> perspective is everything. It's the ability to sort out what's a big deal and what's not. <laughs> the most common command in the Bible is fear not. The Bible is telling us not to live with the mindset of fear, but to live with the mindset of faith. And a healthy sense of perspective allows us to sign these fear events, these what ifs, a realistic assessment. What if uh, I wreck the car? Well, you'll get a new one. <laughs> what if I lose my job? Well, then let's believe that God will give you a better job with even more money. When we were in medical school and residency, my husband was, you know, you have to apply for those residencies. There were some, well, what if we've done all this and we don't match for residency? And I remember we had to say, nope, 
God has got this. He has a plan. I think sometimes we limit God and we want to put him in a box and we think it has to happen this certain way, right? But what we have to remember is that God is infinite. He has ways and things he can do to make things happen for you in your situation that you may not even thought of or even think of. And that's what I love because when we get rid of all the what ifs, our perspectives change because the what ifs can paralyze us and that's when we lose the battle. Notice in First um, Samuel the 17 verse 26 that David had a pr- different perspective than the Israelites. It says, and David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See the Israelites and saw, so the giant was huge. He's big in armor and he's strong, right? And he saw that, but David saw something different. He saw that Goliath had not been circumcised. Now in Bible times, to not be circumcised didn't meant that you did not have God's covering. You were a pagan. So David is seeing an opportunity. Hey, this Saul's saying, hey, this guy is big. We can't kill him. David's like, he's too big to miss. And he's not protected. He doesn't have God on his side. And how many of us fall into the same trap? We look at the wrong thing when fear comes. We look at the size of our problem. We start Googling away on Google all the things that can go wrong. I, okay, who is, I've done that, have you? Okay, yes. But instead of looking at the size of our God. But when we magnify the problem, that's when we lose the battle. Sometimes God will allow us to experience a bigger-than-life problem so that we can experience a bigger-than-life God. But we can't experience it if we have our eyes on the wrong thing. Psalms 34.3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. What you magnify, you give power to. So remember, when fear knocks, we have to shift our perspective over to Jesus, who he is and all that he has done for us. We have to magnify his name. And remember, he has the final say. Instead of focusing on the problem, the giant, the report, the diagnosis, we have to focus on God and how big and how powerful his name is. And after we shift our perspective, we have to activate our faith and face fear head on. Faith is the antidote to fear. Nothing is more powerful than your faith. Your faith activates God's power. We are told in Ephesians 6, 16, in all, not some, all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. That means we get into the word every day. We mix God's word with our faith. We lift it up. We meditate on it. We declare it over our life and over our situations. And we do it over and over again until we feel it. We can't control the feeling of fear, but we can control our response to it. I remember um, as a little girl, my mom and my sister and I were flying to Columbia, South Carolina to see her mom. And it was on Eastern Airlines. Eastern doesn't even exist. This is probably why. (laughs) And we took off. And I have flown a lot, you know, with my dad. He traveled a lot. and, And something just, you know, it did not sound right. And we took off. And it sounded like the whole plane just turned off. And I thought for a second, okay, this is it. We're just going to 
drop from the sky. <laughs> My moment has come. And then all of a sudden, the plane, it sounded like turned back on. It just started shaking like really, really bad. And in those, I mean, this was all happening super fast. In those split seconds, I remember my mom looking over me. She's like, it's going to be fine, and like grabs our hands, and we start praying, okay? And then the pilot gets on. We're going to have to make an emergency landing. Okay, this is great. <laughs> and then we land, and all the emergency vehicles come, and turns out our left engine had caught on fire. And then my dad would later say, oh, that's not a big deal, honey. Planes can fly on two engines. I'm like, dad, that is a big deal. <laughs> I know you're a pilot. I am not. That's a big deal. <laughs> fire, when I'm in the air, no good, okay? <laughs> but it just shows that how many of you know, I felt fear at that moment. Yep. <laughs> but what was our reaction? Faith and prayer. And we all have a choice on how we're going to respond when fear comes. We can choose to walk in faith and declare God's promises and believe him. Or I can choose to live in fear and believe the lies of the enemy. Notice in Psalms that David had a decision to make too. And Catherine talked about this. What did she say? Um, talk about getting um, kind of like sassy. She called it getting sassy, I think, last night <laughs> with your soul. Psalms 42, 11. Why, my soul, are you cast down? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. He was telling himself, despite what I feel, I'm making a choice to put my hope in God. And we have to do that too. When we feel fear and we get at that moment a bad report, immediately we have to say, in Jesus' name I will not fear. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I choose to trust you, God. And that moment. And then after... You find out what you're facing, go into Google for the right reasons. <laughs> and Google, what does God say? Or look in his word. Google, now we, we are blessed with Google in some ways, right? <laughs> that it can make us easy. You can type in, if you're diagnosed with sickness, scriptures on sickness, or you can get a book on it. There's so many books. But start getting the word in you for the situation that you are facing. Because God and the angels in heaven are waiting for you to speak the word so they can spring into action and give you a mighty victory. And as you declare the word, begin to thank him for what he's done. You know, when we give thanks and praise, it is a weapon in spiritual warfare. Your worship has the power to change the atmosphere in your life. You know, when you praise, you're reminding yourself that nothing is bigger than your God and his name. In Psalms 103, David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that youth is renewed like the eagle. David is thanking God for all that he has done and who God is. He's bringing back into remembrance the goodness of God. And we have to allow the presence of God to change the atmosphere of our situation. And notice that after David told Saul not to give up hope and that he was going to go fight the giant, 
He brought back into remembrance what God had done for him in the past. Sometimes you may have to go and remember, thank you, God, I see what you did for me here and there and that situation. And if you can deliver me and come through for me there and then, you can do it now for me and this. And we see that in verse 34 through 37. David said, I've been with a shepherd tending sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I go after it, knock it down, and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I grab it by the throat, wring its neck, and kill it. Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same with this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. God who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. The more and more we activate our faith, the more and more it grows stronger. You and I have all the faith we need to do anything God has asked us to do and get through anything that life throws our way. It says if we have faith as a mustard seed, super tiny, say to the mountain, be moved, and it will be moved. We have to use the power that God gave us and the tools he has given us, not someone else's. Notice David did not choose to wear Saul's armor. He chose to fight the giant with the weapons he knew and had. In verse 40, it says, Then David took his shepherd's staff, he selected five smooth stones from the brook, and put them in the pocket of his shepherd's pack. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the giant. Notice David approached the giant. The Israelites ran away in fear, but David faced his fear head on. And when it comes to fear, you and I must face it directly and take an action of step towards it rather than avoid it. David ran toward Goliath. When God says fear not, that is what he is asking us to do. He is asking us to move from fear-based living and mindset to faith-based thinking and a mindset. And that involves a step of faith. It involves activating our faith with the Word of God. It involves praise and thanksgiving and giving thanks to Him. It means what? That means we do it afraid. Sometimes we just have to do it afraid. But the most important thing we have to do is take that step of faith and do it in spite of what we feel. And lastly, we have to say the name. When David approached the giant, he didn't do it with the most up-to-date, powerful weapon or latest technology, but rather he approached the giant in the name of the Lord of hosts. In verse 45 through 47, it says, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hand." David came in the name of Jehovah Tessaba. Tessaba literally means army or host. David knew that he cannot win the battle on his own. We cannot win the battle of fear 
on our own. Yes, we have to do our part, right? We have to change our perspective. We have to exercise our faith. We have to speak his word. We have to thank him, and we have to face our fear head on. But we need the power of God, the anointing of God, the presence of God to help us do with ease what we can't do on our own. When we do what we can, God will do what we cannot do. David did all he could, but he knew that God's name was more, was more than simply a name. It was a gateway to his power. In Romans 8, 31, it says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? David defeated the giant with a sling and stone. The Bible specifically mentions he had no sword in his hand because God got all the glory. David knew that God was fighting beside him and with him, and God is fighting for you and me. And I love this. In verse 53, it says that all the people of Israel came back from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. To a plunder a camp means to take the spoils from the enemy's territory. In other words, you get back what the enemy has stolen from you. And Joel 2.25, it says, And I will restore or replace for you the years the locusts have eaten. When the Lord secures your victory, he's going to give you back and restore what the enemy has stolen from you. I believe today that as you shift your perspective, you activate your fear, and activate your faith, sorry, and face your fear, and you call upon the name of the Lord that he, he will deliver you from the giant you are facing and bring you restoration. Yes, there is no question we will face difficult times. In this world, it says we will have tribulation. And then it says many of the afflictions are the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all, not some, all of them. The great news is that no matter what we face, what giant of fear is barking at our door, God has a name and an answer for each one of them. Say his name with authority and power. The name of Jesus will open the doors of heaven and shut the gates of hell. His name is above all names. His name is wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous men run to it and are safe. When you whisper and say the majestic name of Jesus, every demon in hell trembles. Sickness and fear disappear. Miracles manifest. The blind see, the deaf hear. Fear vanishes. Faith explodes. Depression rolls away. The light of the world fills the room. Chains are broken. Addiction is shattered. Captives are set free. Prince and polities are bound. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Jehovah Tassabe, the Lord our warrior. He is Jehovah Salom, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Rohan, the Lord is my shepherd. He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who he 
from fear. And He is going to restore today to you your joy, your peace, your health, your security, your finances, everything that is concerning you. He is everything you need. And just like I did when I was in Sandy's Ross Suburban, you have a revelation that if God is for you and He is everything that you need and He controls the whole universe, you don't have anything to fear. Nothing is bigger than our God. Just say the name. So now, so now we're going to make a confession. Are you ready? I'm going to have you declare it, okay? Because we just talked about, right, that we have to make a confession. We have to take a step of action. So I want you to repeat this after me. In the name of Jesus, I come against this spirit of fear that has been dominating my life. Now I want you to list it. Just list it quickly. Okay, I take authority over now. In Jesus' name. I command you to go. In Jesus' name. Satan, you are a liar. And you will not torment me with fear anymore. No weapon formed against me will prosper. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Today, I choose to walk out of fear and into faith. I choose to believe your word. Your word is my strength, my fortress, my high tower. In you do I put my trust. Thank you. Today, you are restoring my joy, my peace, my health, my finances, my relationships. Today is a new day. Nothing is impossible with you on my side. If you are for me, no man can be against me. Your name is great and greatly to be praised. You are my savior, my hero, my life-giving strength. You are everything I need. You are, you are for me. Your name is above every name. And you have the final say. I hold fast to hope, believing that what you promised, you will fulfill. Your promises are yes and amen. Let's give him praise. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting ChosenEssay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.